All right, good evening, everybody. Thank you for joining us tonight. <coughs> Excuse me, here at Lighthouse Discipleship Center. My name is Dave Everett. This is my wife, Sherry. And we're going to continue our Bible study tonight on the true, <coughs> Excuse me, true Nature of God by Andrew Womack. We are actually in Chapter 6 tonight, if you're following with us in your books. Uh, we're in Chapter 6. I think we're talking about the knowledge of God. And so... The knowledge of Him. And so, uh, again, uh, thank you for joining us tonight. Uh, we do, All of our Bible studies, our <coughs> previous sessions have been archived on our website at lighthousediscipleship.org. Also on our YouTube channel, uh, Lighthouse Discipleship Center. And then uh, we also have uh, on our on, online on our website, you can also support us financially. Uh, and so we can partner with us so we can continue to bring in these messages worldwide. So anyway, uh, again, thank you for joining us. We'll continue our Bible study tonight and on the true nature of God by Andrew Womack. And then we're in chapter 6 tonight, talking about the knowledge of Him. So we are in chapter, again, chapter 6. So we still have, after this one, we have three more chapters. And then we're going to do another book. But uh, anyway, whenever you're ready, Sherry, we'll get started, and uh, we'll uh, show, narrate, read, and then uh, we'll talk about it. All right, the knowledge of him. Because we haven't really understood the nature and the character of God, we haven't understood how God deals with us and why he answers prayer. Therefore, we haven't been allowing God to truly manifest himself in our lives by meeting our needs. His divine power has given unto us all things that pertain unto life and godliness through the knowledge of him that hath called us to glory and virtue. 2 Peter 1.3 God said all things that pertain unto life and godliness. Did you know that includes healing, joy, deliverance, prosperity, and anything you can think of that results from our redemption? These all things that pertain unto life and godliness come through the knowledge of Him. If you have wrong knowledge about God, you're not going to receive the all things. For as He thinketh in His heart, so is He. Proverbs 23, 7 As a man thinks in his heart, so is he. If you have a wrong impression of God, you will expect the wrong things from God. Judgment, punishment, and withholding of what you are asking for in prayer. You'll get what you expect or believe. Jesus affirmed this in many places, including Matthew 9.29, According to your faith, be it unto you. Many believers have the wrong attitude and concept of God, who He is and how He operates in their lives. I'm not saying people have it all wrong, but I'm saying many people have things mixed up in their theology. Satan is using that misunderstanding to keep them from receiving the fullness of what God has provided for them through Jesus. If we can receive this and let God reveal himself to us in the way Jesus revealed his nature and character, then I promise we will come to truly know the way God is. And then we'll find out faith isn't something hard. In fact, it's really hard to disbelieve God once we really know God. For people who really know God intimately and have true revelation of his character, it would hardly be possible for them to believe it when Satan says 
God won't bless them or their faith won't work for them. The devil could not deceive people who really know God and have intimate relationship with him. We know what God is like when we look at Jesus. Once we understand the true nature of God and how much he loves us, the love of God will be shed abroad in our hearts. I believe that will help us to have new relationship with God, something we've never had before. I also want to say that I don't excuse sin. I'm not saying God doesn't care whether we sin, but Jesus is the payment for that sin and has borne all of that sin so it no longer separates us from God. All right. So again, we're talking about the true nature of God. We're talking about specifically tonight, but the knowledge of Him. You know, this, this whole knowledge thing, you know, I think we're getting more to the core of the, uh, of the book and the, this teaching. You know, uh, a lot of that previous chapters have to be said to kind of set the, the backdrop to where we're, we're going. And, and uh, we don't have time to necessarily recap all of that. You know, you have to look at our previous Bible studies. But that being said, you know, depending on how you perceive God, depending on whether you have the correct knowledge of who God is, is going to affect how you receive from God and how you relate to God. You know, growing up, I, I don't know how I got all the perceptions I had, but I felt distant from God. I felt God was far away. I felt God was mad at me and displeased with me. Some of that was because of my own doing, my own failures, my own... Uh, sin, but because I didn't have what I consider now a healthy, a healthier uh, perception of God, I didn't receive from God. I didn't approach God like I should, should have, could have. I didn't believe God like I could have or should have. I had, I believe, I had a, a wrong misconception of God. <coughs> so I'm not pointing the finger at anyone else. I'm pointing the finger at me. You know, uh, and. And I don't think it was healthy. I don't think it was right on. I don't think it was totally off. I think there's some areas of God, of God that I that were right on. But, you know, I, how I related to God was different than how I relate to God now. And there is a major difference in my life. Uh, you know, I see God. I see myself. I see other people, friends and enemies, uh, differently. I just have a totally different perception. Uh... You know, and it came from a knowing who God is. You know, the key verse that we keep repeating, it seems like in almost every Bible study we do. But uh, 2 Peter 1, <coughs> 2 and 3 talks about how grace and peace is multiplied to us in the knowledge of Him. It talks about how we have received all things that pertain to life and godliness in the knowledge of Him. How we know God, how we perceive God, is going to affect how we relate to him. Again, you know, growing up, and I'm not blaming anyone, I just, this is me, I think I had an unhealthy perception of God in some areas. And, and so I didn't approach God, I didn't ask God, I didn't, I didn't even think God liked me in some areas. And some of that was because of my own doing, my own failures, my own sin, my own uh, weakness, you know. But I still had an unhealthy perception of God. 
But I believe as I, I, I got a better perception of who God is, I started seeing God different. I started seeing life different. I started seeing myself and other people different. I, it changed me. I even saw the devil different than I, than I, than I did before. And, uh, you know, grace and peace will be multiplied to you in the knowledge of God. All things that pertain <coughs> to life and godliness is multiplied and, and, and uh, is given to us in the knowledge of God. Everything you need for life and godliness. I had some failures. I had some sin in my life. But it was in the proper knowledge of God that set me free from sin. An improper perception of God kept me in bondage to sin. You know, a lot of people think that when we teach on grace, we're, we're enabling people to sin. Well, those who teach that, those who believe that, don't understand grace. Because <coughs> grace, according to Titus 2, 11 and 12, will teach you not to deny ungodliness. Grace taught me to be free from sin, not to indulge in it. Uh, but it all came from a proper knowledge of God. You know, the knowledge of God is just key. And, uh, and we need to have a proper knowledge of God. I'm going to be starting a new series Sunday. Uh, talk about knowing the Holy Spirit. We talk a lot about knowing the Father. We talk a, about, a lot about knowing Jesus. But we don't seem to talk a lot about knowing the Holy Spirit. And uh, uh, I, I want to take it from a, a relational point of view. Uh, there's a lot to talk about the Holy Spirit. We'll talk about some of those things. Uh, but I... We need to have a relationship <coughs> with the Holy Spirit. We need to have a relationship with the all the the, whole, the entire Godhead, uh, the, the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, and uh, Jesus did, and uh, so I believe we should as well. And so, anyway, you got some some things to say? I I do, and I'm excited that Andrew is bringing out this verse in Second Peter. Uh, because I, I love it. I love it that he get, God gives us everything that pertains to life and godliness through the knowledge of him. And you can tie it to so many verses. Um, of just, I mean, to start off with John 10.10. 10, the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. But I, this is Jesus speaking, come to give you life and more abundant. You know, when we... when God and Jesus are talking about life. They're talking about the Zoe life of God that pertains to everything that is the rich fulfillment of living out the best life with health, with godliness, with prosperity. You know, in even in, in, in 3 John, uh, we love this prayer. John's saying, Beloved, I pray that you may prosper in all things, and be in health just as your soul prospers. The only way to get your soul to prosper is to renew your mind and get in that knowledge of God that, that Peter's talking about. And, you know, all that, that the, 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 the life and, and godliness, the, the peace, um, just multiplies to us through that. And... I just, I, I like the picture of saying that we need to be fat Christians and, you know, don't get all <gasps> about it. I'm not talking about physical weight. I'm talking about fat as in living in the riches, richness and fullness of all God has for us and not be 
a skinny Christian that is walking around just getting by or dealing with health issues or dealing with uh, lack or whatever it is getting them down in life, they're not supposed to be just getting by. They're supposed to be fat Christians and living in that abundant life that God has for us. And there's so much in it uh, for us. I mean, a, a plant thrives when it gets all the correct nutrients in the soil, when it gets the sunlight it needs, when it gets the water it needs. But you you go to a pot in our backyard that is starving uh, because it's been neglected, because it has bad soil in the pot. It It's not getting water. It might be getting sun, but it's not thriving. And yet you, you just, go down the street uh, to a neighbor's house and they have a yard that is very well kept up. They obviously had either uh, green thumbs in the family or a gardener that came and landscaped beautifully and they keep it up and they water it and they trim it when it needs to be trimmed and this yard is so green and beautiful and you can see the difference and that's what's like that, that God's saying we're not to be some scraggly plant just trying to make it through life, but we're to be that, that lush green plant that is so well fed. You know, Jesus talks about abiding in the vine so that we bear fruit. Abiding in Jesus is growing in that grace and knowledge of him and letting his life, his sap run through our veins so that we can live out the life God has for us and bear fruit. And again, as we're talking about the knowledge of God, I think also think of First John chapter 3, verse 2 says, at the end of the verse it says, we will be like him when we see him as he is. We will be like him when we see him as he is. How you see God is going to determine how you're going to be like. And so we need to see him as he truly is. And that's the end of First John 3, verse, verse 2. You know, and, and Andrew also brings out that, you know, he talks about, you know, a few times where Jesus would say, let it be according to your faith. Well, where does faith come from? The Word of God. If we don't have a relationship with God and getting to know Him, then faith, our faith is going to be based on our knowledge of God. If your knowledge of God is not correct, and it's going to be according to your faith, then that can limit what you're going to receive. Some people believe that God can heal, but that doesn't. Some people don't believe that God does always heal every single time. Now, does everyone see healing every single time? No, and it's not God's word. It's not God. It's not healing people. It's our faith. It's, it has to do with us. Some people don't like that. Some people get offended over that. You know. But, you know, it's, it's like Paul says, have I become your enemy because I speak the truth? And, and uh, <clears throat> you know, it says, by, you know, everywhere Jesus ministered, he healed people. Except for where there was a lack of faith. Where there was little faith, there were some towns he couldn't do very few miracles because of the lack of faith. Those people had a wrong perception of God, had a wrong perception of Jesus, or whatever that might be. And so... How you perceive God is going to affect your faith. 
Because if you have a wrong perception, if you think God's out to kill you, if you think God's against you, who's going to trust someone like that? Who's going to reach out to someone? Who's going to pray <coughs> to someone that they're afraid of? We talk about the fear of the Lord, but we're not talking about being afraid of God. We're talking about reverencing Him, respecting Him, trusting Him, relying on Him. That's the fear of the Lord uh, that the, the Bible talks about in both the Old and the New Testament. You know, and I did that series on the fear of the Lord earlier this year. So, uh, anyway, it's just, uh, I guess one of my main things, we need to have a healthy perception of who God is. We need to know Him. You know, some people can come to me and say, Sherry did this or Sherry did that. And depending on what they said, I can say, you know what? Sherry did not do that. <laughs> There's some things that Sherry did not do. You know, I mean, it, it doesn't, like if someone were to come to Sherry and say, Dave had a Coke. <laughs> no, he didn't. <laughs> I wouldn't even touch a Coke. You know, I don't like soda. Uh, I don't like the carbonation. And some people think I'm weird. And I'm like, well, I think carbonation's weird. You know? <laughs> and so, and, and that's not, a, I'm not offended that other people like it. I just don't like it. But my point is, uh, Sherry, there's some things that Sherry just knows I wouldn't do, or I wouldn't. Why? How do we know that? We know each other. You know, I I can have a whole conversation with Sherry. She's not even in, she didn't even say a word, and I, I do it all the time. We have a whole conversation, and she's standing right, right there in the room, and she's saying, "Yep, that's exactly what I was gonna say." You know, how do I know that? Because I know her. You know, and when you know somebody, you just know how they're gonna respond. Uh, whether positive or negative, they can work both ways. Uh, but, you know, we need to know God and we need to have a healthy perception of who God is. Our knowing God is going to affect our faith. Our knowing God, knowing his true nature. Some people's perception of God is, <clears throat> I love you, but God is wrong. And it's it's not, it's hindering your faith. It's, it's, it's hindering your walk with God. It's hindering your relationship with God. If you're afraid of God, you're not going to draw close to Him. Who wants to draw close to someone they're afraid of? You're going to stay as far away as you can within, uh, within reason. You might believe that He's holy. You might believe that He's just. You know, but uh, or you might have a lot of good things to say about Him. But if you're afraid of Him, if your perception of God is not where it should be, you might be timid, you might be afraid, or you might just simply... You might, I mean, some people just have never known that God can heal. God can do different things. And so you're not going to ask what you don't even know you can have. You know, it reminds me of, I forget the whole story, and I might chop it up. But this man was selling across the Atlantic, and he had, he had a little bit of money to, to cross over. And so he paid his fare, and uh, he was able to bring a little bit of food with him, cheese and crackers and whatnot. And so every night at mealtime, he just ate alone and he ate a little by little by little and as they're getting close to the destination and they're using back in those days it sometimes took weeks and months to to sail across the Atlantic so it wasn't just going on a nice little one-day cruise I mean our one-week cruise but then at the end uh, one of the members of the of the, of the, of the ship asked I noticed that you never came and dined with us he goes well I didn't have enough money and the 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 the, the, the member on the the the, the member of the ship said, didn't you know that the meals were included in the fair? He never partook of the meals and he almost starved himself to death because he didn't know that the meal was included. What you don't know can kill you. <laughs> you know, it can hurt you, it can destroy you. And we need to have a healthy perception of God. 
We're, and once us, we're never going to know everything because we're going to spend all eternity getting to know God. That's one of the beauties of a relationship is getting to know someone. When you have a new, when you're going on a date, you get to know the person. We're still getting to know each other after 20 years. Um, we're still, uh, I mean, she found something something out that happened to me, I forget, recently. I remember, I remember that, but like 20 years and then I never knew that. You know, well, oh, I, I don't remember what it was, but I don't even know if it's worth telling. But I just, uh, but you know, we're still learning things. You know, even friendships and whatnot. You're, sometimes when you go out as friends for lunch or dinner for the first time or have them over, you, you start to start asking questions. Tell us your story. How did you meet? Uh, you know, where do you work? What do you do for a living? It might start at a very, you know, basic level at the beginning. You're not going to go real deep usually. Uh, but you're getting to know, and that's part of the friends. Of, that's part of the fun of a of a relationship. You know, those who I don't like, in a sense, uh, I don't really want to know their story. You know, uh, I don't want to get to know them. Uh, but but I want to know God, and I want it to be right. I want it to be healthy. Some of our some, and I, again, I don't mean this to offend anybody. But some of our knowing of God has only been passed down from generation to generation, and we haven't sought the scriptures ourselves to see if these things be so. And some of it, we've we made traditions that are not about God at all. And Jesus said, by your traditions, you make the word of God of no effect. Some of our traditions, some of our religious traditions, not all of them, you know, I'm, in some ways I'm a pretty t- traditional guy, but at some point in time, uh, you know, some of our traditions have just been handed down, and they're not necessarily scripture. And uh, I'm trying to give a particular example, but it's just, uh, uh, I can't think of one at the moment. But, uh, uh, and how do we, how are we going to know this? Have a relationship with them. And as I start my new teaching series on Sunday, about knowing the Holy Spirit, I won't get this deep in the first lesson, but uh, I, I want to talk about having a relationship with the Holy Spirit. When you learn how to have a relationship with the Holy Spirit, with God, your life will change. Jesus depended on having a relationship with his Father and a relationship with the Holy Spirit. Jesus didn't do anything he didn't see his Father doing. He spent nights in prayer seeking the Lord. The whole, uh, Jesus didn't even start his earthly ministry until he received the Holy Spirit at his, at, at his water baptism. So we need the Holy Spirit, and we had a relationship with God. You know, there was one time, uh, this was a couple of years ago, but it's, uh, uh, we, Sherry wanted to start a women's ministry. And she was actually at work, and we were texting each other back and forth. And I was actually, at the time, we had, we had a church newsletter, mm-hmm. and I, I, I wanted to put it on the calendar. And I said, so what are you going to call this? Are you just going to call it a women's Bible study? You know, what, 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 what should I call it? If I want to put it in the newsletter, what should I call it? She goes, I don't have a name. Now, if anyone who knows Sherry has been around us, she works very, she flows very fluently in the interpretation of tongues. She works, she, she flows very fluently with that. Not every time, but more often than not. We, we really only discovered this in the last, uh, I don't know, five, six years or so, uh, but she, Almost every time tongues are given, she has an interpretation. Almost every time. Not every, but pretty close. Anyway, so I said, well, if you don't know the name, pray in, the, pray in tongues at work for a minute and see if you get something. You know, it's worth it. she goes, I can do that? Why not? I go, I go, you won't know until you try it. At least try it. And, I mean, it wasn't even, I mean, there wasn't even a pause in the text. She did. 
she got a name for it, and she would, and knowing Sherry, when I know when she got something, got she because she's always she always gets teary eyed. She's always starts. Uh, it's, it, it, she knows she hurt from God, and lately in the last year or so, she's been getting even sound effects to these interpretations and whatnot. Sometimes even feeling the effects of it, uh, or word pictures or whatnot. Because one time it was something about wings, and she she felt the fluttering of the wings. You know. Um, it's just, you know, it's part of the gifts of spirit. We'll be talking about that a little bit more on Wednesday nights and sun, uh, Sunday mornings eventually pretty soon here. Because both Sunday and Wednesday night, you know, we got talk about the Holy Spirit. Uh, and so uh, we didn't plan that. I just thought it would be how, how it worked out. But when you have a re- know God, that's what we're talking about. When you know him, and you can't know someone unless you get in a relationship with them. Talk, spend time with them, sup with them as he sups with you. God is a relational God. But, but, and one says, I don't want to know about God through someone else. Now that I, that I can't have that. I want to know God from Him Himself. But spending time with Him. I, you know, God doesn't have, in one sense, any grandkids. We're all children. We're all children of God. And God wants to spend time with each and every one of us. That doesn't mean a pastor can't teach or a teacher can't teach about God and, and, and other people. And not that I can't hear about God from someone else's story and testimony. That's how, many times those are beautiful things. But, but, I, but that doesn't replace me spending time with my Abba. Spending time with my, the Holy Spirit. You know, that's one of the best things going to be about heaven. We get to spend time with God face to face. And uh, it, it's just gonna be the, that's going to be the most beautiful thing. I could care less about the streets and gold and everything. I know that's going to be cool, and some people really like that. I just want to be with God. And so, uh, anyway, I, I keep going on and on. Do you have anything more to say on this section? So, I mean, I know there's more I could say, but it's just knowing God. I just, and to me, this never gets old. So let's read this next section. It's about getting our needs met. I really believe that one of the biggest problems in the body of Christ is that we learn the mechanics of how Christianity works. We learn about faith. We learn about confession of God's word. We learn about giving and receiving and so forth. We learn all of these things to do. And many times we try to put them into practice without really knowing God. The mechanics of Christianity do not produce the all things that we need from God for our lives. The fruit of the Christian life comes out of really knowing God. Faith comes from knowing Him, and knowing Him is the basis of everything else in Christianity. Remember 2 Peter 1.3 said that through the knowledge of God, He has given to us all things that pertain into life and godliness. If we really knew God, all of His fullness would already be ours. I believe in and am not against prosperity, But sometimes things nearly have to be overstated to keep people from misunderstanding. People tend to put preachers in just one category. Either they are faith preachers or they are doubt and unbelief preachers. They think driving luxury cars proves they have faith or else that God wants them to walk around with holes in their shoes. Well, I'm not either one of those. I believe in prosperity, but I also believe that if people really knew God, all the necessary teaching on prosperity could be put into a thimble. They wouldn't have to know all of the ins and outs of prosperity techniques 
Because if they're really seeking first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, everything else would be added to them. Matthew 6.33 Many of us have taken our faith teachings and used it to get houses and cars and more things. But I believe God gave us faith to overcome the devil, tear down his kingdom, and see people born again, healed, and delivered. There's nothing wrong with houses and cars, but that's not what faith is for. We should not have to spend so much time believing for material things. God didn't give us faith so we could have things. God gave us faith in order for us to know him. Then, because his divine life is, throwing, is flowing through us, cars, houses, boats, and things like that would find us. They would come as byproducts of our faith in him. They are the extras that come after seeking first the kingdom of God and knowing him. If we really knew God in an intimate way, I believe God would shower more upon us than we could ever use. Do parents have to teach their children how to manipulate them, how to confess, ask them just the right way, and do all of the right things in order to supply the children's food, clothes, bikes, and all of the things they need? We don't do that. We just love our children and provide for them because of our love. We take delight in giving them surprise gifts. How much more does our Heavenly Father want to bless us? We need to renew our minds and eliminate teaching that has told us God wants us to be poor, sick, and stupid. But we also must be careful not to focus our attention on the mechanics of how things work. I'm not saying that faith and prosperity are false teachings, but they can actually be used to destroy people if they don't have their lives focused on the central figure of all of life, the Lord Jesus Christ. When we are more concerned about the mechanics of how to work Christianity and all the things we have to do than we are knowing Jesus, our Christianity doesn't work. On the other hand, if we know Jesus and we really know him, it is amazing what we can get done and how blessed we become without knowing a lot of formulas. I, you know, I, like, I there's a lot of things I like in here, but the first part of this whole mechanic thing, you know. Um, I mean, it's not the mechanics I think of. I don't know what you think of, but uh, going to church, reading the Bible, tithing, different things like that. We're not doing things to get from God, to get God to move. But if you don't do some of those, it's going to affect your, your relationship with God. If you don't spend time in the Word, it's going to affect your relationship with God. If you don't go to church and, and fellowship with believe, other believers, and if you don't uh, hear good uh, Bible teaching from a, a pastor, it's going to affect your relationship with God. If you don't do some of these things, it will affect you knowing God. But we don't do, if, if we put all of our focus on all the things we got to do instead of, instead of having a relationship with God. And for instance, if, if I just went through the duties of being a husband, and, and providing an income and meeting all of her basic needs, but I didn't focus on having a relationship with Sherry. It would destroy the marriage. The marriage is more important than the other things. The other things come with the job and with the position of being a husband, or or wife, a spouse, a parent, an employer, or employee. You know, and every relationship is a little different. If all I do is work on the mechanics of the relationship, but I don't have focus on the relationship itself, the relationship is going to be pretty shallow, if, I don't, if, if, if at all. 
There's some parents or some marriages out there that go through the mechanics, but there's no relationship. That's not healthy. That's not good. They might be doing a lot of the right things, but where's the relationship? And 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 not and it's not like it's all the relationship and not doing the right things too. There's some things that need to be done. There's some things that have to be done. But those are in one sense the extra. We do those out of love, not out of necessity. Even though they might be necessary things, it, the relationship is the core. And yet, and you know, don't just provide for your children. Have a relationship with them. Don't just provide and, and meet your basic needs of your spouse. Have a relationship with them. Same thing with God. If all you're doing is going through the mechanics and don't have a re, never got to know God, you're missing out. You know, it, it, and you know, and 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 he also goes on to say. Which is kind of the same thing, but and one of my favorite verses as a child was, Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added unto you. You know, and, and, and it's taken me a, some years through my youth and uh, uh, young adulthood and even now. What it means to seek him, what it means to pursue him. It's just like a relationship. Whether you are newlyweds and, and, and falling in love with a significant other, and you're just pursuing that relationship. I mean, when you get, when you get the love bug, you know you you don't you, no one has to motivate you to get to get to know that person. You just want to spend all the time with that person. But when well, we got to keep those the, the, the we got to keep fanning that flame of the that love to, sometimes to to continue to get to know and work on the relationship. When you were falling in love, you didn't really have to work on the relationship too much. It was already happening. Uh, not that you didn't have to work on some areas, but we, we, you know, every relationship takes work. It takes effort, and sometimes there's sacrifice. Sometimes it's not. Sometimes there's compromises. Sometimes there's being inconvenience. Uh, you know, if all if you're always being inconvenience and the other person's not, you know, that that could be an unbalanced, unhealthy relationship. And I'm not so much talking about relationships, but at the same point in time, you know, as we seek first the kingdom of God. Seek God first and His righteousness. All the other things we were praying for and needing will usually take care of themselves. Maybe they won't always, but that's when we have a relationship with God and when we can come boldly <coughs> excuse me, to His throne of grace and ask, Dad, Daddy, I, I need help in this area. Please, you know, whatever the case may be. But we have a relationship. It's going to be easier to approach God for prayer in those areas where we still need help when you already have a relationship. When you don't have a relationship with somebody, you feel a little uneasy asking them for something. You know, we we usually tell people who in our lives that we're buggable. Bug us. Call us. Reach out to us. Even this in the weirdest hours, weirdest moments, we're buggable. And if we're not buggable, we'll tell you. You know, every once in a while we have to close the door or we have to do different things to, and say we're, we're not approachable in this moment. But we try to keep an open door policy as much as we can, you know. And even we're trying to do that on a natural level. God is always approachable. But you know, when you don't have a relationship with somebody, uh, sometimes you feel a little, a little uneasy of knocking on their door or call, you know, calling the first time or whatever the case may be, because you haven't established that relationship yet. Got to start somewhere. But usually, just starting anything is always the hardest. Whether it's a project. Uh, whether it's a new new uh, vocation, 
a new job, a new uh, class, anything you start, it's always hard to get started. It seems like the valve is always rusty, you know. But once it gets going and you get a momentum, it's, it seems to be a little easier. Yeah, but, you know, we always have those honeydew projects that, like, you know, I've been, I've been working on this for a while, and it's just hard to get started. And then sometimes when you put it on the shelf, it's hard to pick it back up again sometimes. Uh, and then, then that whole process is hard to get started, to get restarted. But, you know, if there's a lot of things that we can talk about, we have talked about, and it can get confusing, I need to do this, I need to do that, I need to do this. You know, there's so many things about Christianity that get, that can be overwhelming. You, This preacher's saying this, this preacher's saying that, I'm hearing this, and you can get overwhelmed real quick. And there are some things that are beneficial. There are some things, there are some nuggets, there are some things that are right in what a lot of them are saying. But let's keep it simple. There's one thing that you need to guard over anything else in your life, and that's your relationship with God. I saw this a lot in Bible school and pastoring ministry. Sometimes we're reaching out and ministering, and we we need to have make sure we have time with God. And Jesus had was so busy he had to sometimes sacrifice his sleep sleep at night so he could spend time with God. There was times that he had to let the people go, and he had to walk on water to the other side just to get away, uh, so to speak, because he needed some time with God. He, he that's important because. Jesus, although he was God, he was the son of man. And he would not have been able to function like he had if he didn't spend time with God. You will burn out fast. You, will, you know, we, we need a relationship with God. That needs to be the most important. And develop a relationship with God just like you would. He's a person. He's not far away. He's Emmanuel. He's God with us. He's on the inside of you. He's closer to you than anybody else can be. G, um, my wife Sherry is the closest natural person I have, but she's not on the inside of me. <laughs> you know, God's with me wherever I go. He's even with me in my sleep, in my dreams and whatnot. I don't always have what I call God dreams, but I have them frequently. I have them almost weekly. Um, but, you know, I, but she's not, she's sometimes in the dream, sometimes she's not. Sometimes she's mad that she wasn't in the dream. I go, I, I can't control what I dream about, you know. But at that same point in time, you know, uh, just focus on having a relationship with him. Get to know him. And there's some mechanics that will help do that. Just like there's some mechanics in a relationship. Go on a date. Spend some time together. Put the phone down. Put the TV down. There's some, there's some mechanics that can help in any relationship. But the mechanics are not the, so, not, not the focus. They're just a tool. They're just a resource. Our focus needs to be on a relationship with God. Going to church and Bible study and, and different things are helpful. But they're not the goal just by themselves. Don't make that all the focus and you don't have any time with God. You know, if you're going from church meeting to church meeting, or any pastor or minister who said, I'm ministering to so many people, I don't have time for God. No, something's wrong. Sometimes you're going to have to say no to something to spend time with God. Because everything you say no to, Everything you, let me say it this way, everything you say yes to, you're saying no to something else. There's only 24 hours in a day. And so we have to prioritize. And we have to make time. If you had a hobby, if you had something you love to do, you'll make time. 
You'll make time for the things you value. You'll make time for the things that you enjoy. You know, I don't know whether it's going to be, because we're almost done with both the Sunday and Wednesday night books. We're going to do two more studies when we're done with these two. One of them is going to be effortless change. And that sounds like an odd, odd, how do you change effortlessly? Well, it's exactly what we're talking about right now. You spend time with God and your life will begin to change effortlessly. The Bible talks about you have to labor to enter his rest. Resting in God is not being complacent, it's not being lazy, it's not being passive. Resting in God is trusting him. But resting in God is a mindset. I'm resting in his word. I'm resting in his I'm resting in my relationship with God. I'm I'm satisfied. I'm I, I'm satisfied in this love. I'm resting in my in my love with God. But sometimes we have to labor to get into that state of rest. We sometimes we have to labor. We have to shut things off. We have to you know. Sometimes we just have to uh, close it. Sometimes I have to turn off my phone. Sometimes we got to turn off the TV. Sometimes we got to do different things to have a relationship with God. And so uh, we have to prioritize it. You know, even if you love your kids and you're working hard and you're working like a dog and you have to work to, to, first of all, keep your job so you can provide for your family, you still will need to and probably do try to do everything you can to spend time with your kids and time with your spouse. It might be a challenge. That is a, a labor. But resting is a lifestyle, is a mindset. And sometimes even, you know, let's just say we get a bad report about something. You know, sometimes we get a bad report. We can't always help from bad reports coming. But we can choose, by God's grace, I'm not going to panic. I'm not going to come unglued. I'm not going to have a panic attack. I'm not going to cuss. I'm not going to do this and that. We can start, I'm gonna, Lord, I'm resting in you. I know what this, I just say it was a bad letter. Lord, I know what this letter says. Maybe it's a bill. Maybe it's from the IRS. Maybe it's from a, a bad letter from a family member or a friend. You know, and you know, Lord, I'm, I'm trusting you. I'm just resting in you to, for your peace, for your wisdom, for your sanity uh, and whatnot. And so I can respond, react with the right mind. Steering all this back to the knowledge of God. There's so many things we need to do, but it all starts, it all stems from knowing Him. Grace and peace is multiplied to you in the knowledge of God. But we need to spend time getting to know him. And how do we get our needs met? We just abide in the vine. Yes, we can ask, and we can ask for miracles, we can ask for healing, we can ask for wisdom, we can ask for provision, because he's already given to us. You know, when I when I, I put money in the bank, when we get money, and I can go to the bank anytime and take a, take a withdrawal. I can go to AT machine, I can use my phone, I can go to the bank itself and take a withdrawal. I can ask what's already mine. God's already provided everything that we need for life and godliness in the knowledge of Him. We can come to Him and ask Him for healing, for help, anytime. Because we're His kids. It's all, it's all part of the package. But we wouldn't know it's part of the package if we didn't know Him. And, uh, but if 
there's some things that would just happen automatically. There's some things in a relationship that will just take care of themselves if you focus on the relationship and have a healthy relationship. But even even in a healthy relationship, there's sometimes we have to ask and we have to do things and we have to, uh, uh, you know, inquire and whatnot. What and because it's not a relationship. Sherry should be able to come to me anytime to ask me anything. You know, there's sometimes where she knows I'm on a phone call. It's not a good time to necessarily interrupt the phone call and ask me, even though she has permission. It's just not respectful, and it would be it would just be counterproductive. But you know, and, and that's just. Common, that should be just common sense. But, you know, God is available all the time. And God wants a relationship, and, and, and that relationship can look different, you know. Uh, there's so many aspects of knowing God, but our needs will be met as we focus on seeking first His kingdom and His righteousness. And all these things that we need will be given to us, will be just added. They're just going to take care of of themselves for the most part. And when they're not taking care of themselves, that's what we just say. We just ask. You know, that word ask, I mean, that's a whole other study too. If you study it out in the, in, the, in the original language, it means to demand what's due. Now that sounds arrogant. And there's a verse in Isaiah that we can command God from His Word. But you know, when you endorse a check, you're basically commanding the funds on that check. You're doing it the right way, you're doing it the legal way, you're doing it in a professional manner. But you're basically demanding a payment on those funds. That's what that signature, that's what that endorsement is. You're demanding payment on those funds. Uh, that check was made out to you, you've endorsed it, and now those funds are and so God's already given us all things for life and godliness, but we can ask him. He said if we ask anything in his name, he will do it. He's already given us the permission to use his name. All we have to do is ask, and it's ours. But where do we ask? Where do we do it? It's all part of the relationship we have with God. Anything you want to add? No, just to reiterate the, the whole mechanics thing. We've had so many people come to us and want to know what they're supposed to be doing or why isn't their prayer working because they've done this and this and this. And I understand the frustration because I've been there, done that too. But the only formula that I have ever found to work in, in this and in my prayer life and, and just life in general is when I have that relationship with God and only focus on Him who he is, what he's done, and who I am in in him, and just having that that father God daughter relationship that has completely transformed me. Because even though I, I knew it wasn't my performance that would get my prayers answered, I would think, well, I'm being good enough, I'm being faithful enough, I'm doing what I'm supposed to be doing. So how come I'm not seeing results? And I would get frustrated. And I, and I would see, you know, I'm, I'm following the rules, I'm following the mechanics, you know, I'm following uh, the, the magic formula, but it's not working. But it's working for this person over here. And I would just give up and walk away. But then I started just out of the desire of having a relationship with, with God, my Father, when I just had that relationship with Him, all of a sudden... 
my prayers were being answered, things were falling into place, all my needs were being met, I was even getting desires that I, I never thought would, would come to pass. And it wasn't because I was bugging God, give me, give me, give me, give me, give me, I want, I want, I want. It was just, God, I'm just happy to be with you. And then even direction, the direction I was seeking God for in life, that he would just open doors and open the path and, and, and use his word to light my path. And I'd be like, okay, this is the way walkie in it. Because of my relationship with God, it just started opening up <coughs> everything. And, you know, prayer, like I don't remember, I think it was Dave who keeps saying, prayer is not asking God and demanding of him over and over. Prayer is relationship with God. Yes, you're going to talk to God, but he talks to you. And, and you have that relationship back and forth, that communion with him, that is all that prayer life, that relationship with God. And people, we've had so many people come to us with prayer requests, and we usually start somewhere in, in, in the conversation, start talking about relationship with God. And I can't tell you how many people have a clueless look on their face when they're like, relationship with God, what's that? But I'm praying, I'm asking God, I'm reading my Bible, I'm doing this, I'm fasting, I'm I'm da 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 I'm 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 doing 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 but my prayer's not answered. And it's like, well, okay, that's why we're going back to relationship with God. Adam and Eve in the garden, they walked with God. It Adam wasn't saying, God, I need food, I need oxygen, I need clothing, I need whatever, whatever, whatever. All Adam and Eve knew before they fell was that relationship with God. And they walked with him. And God had already, before he created mankind, put everything on earth for them to thrive. Adam and Eve's needs were already met. Then Adam and Eve were created and, and put on earth for relationship with God. And even this morning in Dave's message, and he spoke on peace on earth, he talked about, you know, our our wrong focus of, are we focusing on what God's done, on what Jesus did at the cross, or are we focusing on us and the religion of doing things to see if we can get God to move? And it's, it's really all about Jesus, all about what he did for us and having that relationship with God through the, what Jesus did. Now, just because you're asking somebody for something doesn't mean you necessarily have a relationship with them. You know, I can ask people all the time. I, I mean, I can send Walmart or Amazon a, a wish list and asking something, and I don't have a relationship with Amazon or Walmart. You know, ask, asking is part of our relationship. It's part of our, our benefits and something we are, we're permitted to do. But just because you're asking for something in prayer petitioning something prayer it doesn't mean you're having a relationship with God <laughs> you know people can ask people ask me for things all the time and I don't have a relationship with them you know that's part of it I can be part of our relationship I believe anyone I have a relationship with can ask me anything but just because they're asking me something does not define a relationship you know and so um, there was something else I was going to piggyback on there too oh um, a lot of times people come to Andrew and the prayer lines when he's at conferences and stuff and says 
Andrew, I don't know why it's not working because I've done this, I've done this, I've done this, and I've done this. How come it's not working? And Andrew's response to that is always, well, you just answered your own question because you're focused on you. You're focused on what you're doing instead of resting, instead of trusting what God has done and what God has said. You're focused on what you need to do instead of resting and believing the gospel. Believe, and I might be phrasing it a little different than he might say, but basically saying, you've answered your own question. Because if you're focused on what you do, not that you shouldn't be doing those things, but you're, fo- you're trusting, you're resting in what you're doing. You, that's not knowing God. That, and it's, and it, to me, it stems from not knowing God. I, you know, I know if I ask something of Sherry, it's gonna, she's going to do it. You know, not that she's not my slave. She's not my servant. She's my wife. But, you know, I just know because I, I just know if I ask her she's, if she can, if she has the capacity to, or maybe she can't because she's still working or something, you know, or uh, whatever the case may be, they're trying, you know, she'll, she'll answer. When I'm done with this, I can do it, you know. But I, generally the answer is yes, you know, because uh, I know she will. Because I know, how do I know? Because I know our relationship. I know how we function. And so, uh, it just, I know that. And so, uh, getting to know God is, is, and if I know my wife is going to respond any day I ask if she can, how much more will God? How much more? Do I trust her more than God? If that's the case, then something's wrong with this relationship. Something's out. I'm not saying the whole relationship's wrong, but something still, I should be trusting Him more than I'm trusting her. Even though I believe she's trustworthy. I hope that's painting a picture. But we shouldn't be able to trust him. And uh, and I can trust her because I know our relationship with her. But we need we I need to be in the same way in my relationship with God where I trust him. Because that's one of the byproducts. And when you trust somebody, when you know that you can trust somebody, your faith it's gonna go. It's, it's gonna be high because you know it's gonna work every single time because you trust them, <clears throat> you know. And so it just it it just and there's certain things I I, I do. I mean, um, I know how the certain programs I know on the computer. As long as the computer's working, it's gonna do what I ask it to do every single time. And when it doesn't do what I've been doing hundreds and thousands of times, it doesn't do it. Something's wrong with the, the program. And so, you know, I, I, in one sense, I can rely on that program to do what I tell it to do because I've done that transaction. I've done that maneuver every single time. How much more can I trust God who's faithful, 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 faithful? And how do I understand his faithfulness? I begin to know him. The more you know him, the more your faith will will just be constant. You won't be wavering in your faith. And uh, because you know him. The Bible says in Galatians 5, 8, that faith works by love. When you know how much God loves you, when you really know, your faith will work. But, so in other words, usually if I, if I find that our, my faith is not working, or someone else's faith is not, does not seem to be working, Usually I find out they don't have a faith problem. They have a love problem. Because when you know 
God loves you and what that means. Your faith will be fine. When you know someone loves you, I know my wife loves me, so I can trust that she's going to do something if I ask. When you know that God loves you, he died for you, how much more will he not give you all things? We're talking about in the section of knowing God, how do we get our needs met? Your needs will get met when you know that God loves you and you have faith in him. And how do you know all that from a relationship with God? Because if you've had any relationship with God, behold, what man and the love of the Father has bestowed upon us that we should be called the children of God. When you know God, the first and foremost thing you're going to know is how much he loves you. Because that's the thing he's going to keep communicating to you over and over and over again. It says in Zephaniah chapter 3, verse 17, that the Lord our God in the midst of thee is mighty. He, if you read it out amplified in the original language, he says he dances over you with singing. He says that he rests in satisfaction in his love for you. How do you know his love for you? Because you have a relationship with him and a relationship with his word. And when you are just in love with God, relationally, you know, this knowing God that we keep talking about is Really, the word the word for this word know is intimacy. When you are having intimacy with God, and I'm not being crude here, I'm talking about agape love of God. When you're being intimate with God, you're gonna you're being relational with Him, and uh, and your faith will will grow. It will become healthy. And when you when you are in love with somebody, you can trust that person. You know, when when you're dating and you're falling in love with so, someone, when you when you when you when the, when the love bug has hit, and when you're falling in love, you 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 know the the key to any relationship is trust. Once that if that trust ever gets broken, that that relationship is damaged. Have you ever had someone, a family member, a spouse, a, a parent, a child, that they betrayed your trust? That relationship is now threatened because of distrust. How can that, it, it's going to take time to rebuild, it's going to take time to rebuild that trust because it took time to, to have that trust to begin with. A good relationship, a good marriage, a good courting relationship is you're, you're in that <coughs> relationship you are building trust that you're going to take in to the marriage if that marriage if that courting ends up to be a marriage but our relationship with God and then some people are mad at God because they don't think they can trust him they think that God's killed or so, a loved one or whatnot. That's part, and part of that theology comes from they don't know God they don't know him as word they've been mistaught misbelieved that, and misbelieved that God's done them bad. God didn't do them bad. The enemy's out to kill, steal, and destroy. God's not the author of, of tragedy. God's not the author of sickness and pain. The, the devil is. He's, a, he's out to kill, steal, and destroy. Part of it, some of it is just the curse of the fall. But Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the fall. We, that means we just don't know. We don't know how to appropriate it and whatnot. And I'm not picking on it. I'm not trying to be mean. But we need to get to know God so we can walk in the power of God. We can walk in relationship with God so we can see some of our needs being met. If you 
are walking in a healthy relationship with God. God said in Matthew chapter 6 that you don't need to worry about what you're going to eat. You don't need to worry about what you're going to wear. You don't need to worry about what you're gonna, where you're going to live. God will take care of you. Seek first the kingdom of God. I don't care what happens in this world. I don't care what happens. God, I can trust God more than I can trust an evil government system. Whatever that might be. And I know there's some good government people out there. So I'm not wiping everybody with that brush. But at the same point in time, even a good leader, even a good politician, I can trust God more. And, uh, and God says he will meet my needs if I seek first his kingdom. Then, then that's the way it's going to be. My God will meet my needs. If he has to send you ravens like he did Elijah, he'll send you ravens. If he has to cause you to multiply your oil like he did with the widow to pay off her debts, then, then so be it. If he has to get a coin out of the fish's mouth so you can pay your taxes, then so be it. If he has to use a little boy's lunch to multiply it to feed the, the multitudes, then so be it. I trust God. If it has to be, Andrew teaches all the time, if you are not living supernaturally, then you are living superficially. How do we live? Supernatural living should be the norm. It's for us Christians, for us, you know, we call ourselves believers. Why? We believe. Believe God. Believe God at His Word. Get in relationship with God and believe Him. If you're trusting if you're struggling and trusting God, then I something's struggling in your relationship with God because you can trust someone you are in relationship with. If you didn't trust somebody, you would not be in relationship with them. Whether it's a friendship, whether it's an employer relationship. <coughs> if I didn't trust my boss, especially if they were doing something very evil and whatnot, I wouldn't work with them, even if it meant, I mean, some people, you know, I know it's hard because your life depends on it. But, you know, and I know there's different situations where maybe in different countries you're under a dictatorship and you don't have a lot of freedom. I get that too. But you're not going to voluntarily be in a relationship with someone you do not trust. And uh, But if you do trust somebody, uh, you know, uh, you'll want to be in a relationship with and so, um, at least voluntarily. Of course, a relationship, there's two parts of the party. You know, there's some friendships I wanted to have, and the other part didn't want to be friends. You know, and I can't control that. Uh, you know, um, and so I'd rather find a friend who doesn't want to be a friend. And so I can go on this one on many different levels. But seek first the kingdom of God. Seek Him. Put all of your ambition, put all of your focus on spending time with God. Now, let me just let me just throw a footnote. There's spending time with God corporately, and there's spending time with God privately. I believe we need both. The early church met; they had private time with God, and they had corporate time with God. We need both. Both are healthy. If all you're doing is spending time with God on your own, and you're never a part of the body of Christ, to me that is unhealthy. But if you're also all the time spending time with the body of Christ and you're never spending one-on-one -on -one time with God, that too is unhealthy. We need both. We are a body. But you know, sometimes we are a body, but sometimes my feet need a good massage. Sometimes my back needs a good massage. 
Sometimes a member of my body just needs some special attention. And I need some one-on-one -on -one time with my Abba in that arena. But we also come together as a body. And we edify, we encourage, we build up, and we love on one another. We're going to be talking about the Holy Spirit a lot here on Sunday mornings. And one of the aspects I'm going to be talking about, especially when we get to the gifts, they're not gifts just to, that they use for your own glory. They're gifts to edify the body of Christ. They're gifts to be used to build up and to, to love one another. Throughout Scripture, you'll see that Jesus had compassion on the people, and then he healed them. He had compassion on the, on the people, and he fed the multitudes. Jesus was moved by compassion. He didn't just do miracles. He didn't just do healings. He did them, but he did it out of compassion. The compassion was the driving force. And so we'll, we'll get into that a lot more on Sunday mornings, eventually, when I get into that. But all that, again, all that compassion is the overflow of our relationship with God. You can't have compassion for others if you don't know his love for you. And so it's going to stem from, it's going to originate, it's going to originate from your relationship with God. Knowing God is the key to all. This whole Christianity thing is not about your prayers being answered. It's not about going to heaven. Those are some of the big and major benefits. But the, the key of Christianity is having a relationship with God. Out of that relationship, you get to go to heaven. Out of that relationship with God, you get to pray and get things being met. But the goal is the relationship with God. You take the relationship with God out of the equation, then you just have religion. And we're not about religion. I hate religion. But I am about, um, I am about having a relationship with God. So anyway. Uh, I'll share real quick because I know time's running out. Uh, just a, a couple things to piggyback. What, something that Andrew said about prosperity as well as what Dave said about the gifts of the Spirit are for the benefit of the body of Christ. And, you know, just this, this is just food for thought to think about is, you know, Abraham was, was told that he was blessed to be a blessing to all the nations of the earth. And if you study scripture, you'll realize that as believers, we are of Abraham's household. We are uh, of his seed. And so we too are blessed to be a blessing to all the nations of the earth. And Dave spoke on the spiritual gifts that are not for ourselves, but they are for the body of Christ. It, it's the same with being blessed financially so that you can give to the body of Christ and further the gospel. So I agree with Andrew and Dave when you're like, my needs are met, okay, I'm good. Or, you know, as a Christian, I'm supposed to be poor because that's holy or whatever the thought process is. But financial prosperity or any sort of prosperity in life is to benefit and bless the body of Christ, not just yourself. You know, 2 Corinthians 9, 8, which I've shared <coughs> many times, says, And God is able to make all grace abound toward you, that you, always having all sufficiency in all things, may have an abundance for every good work. 
that good work is to benefit the, the, the nations. It's to benefit the body of Christ so that we can give to others in need. We can give to ministries so they can further the gospel. It's, it's just part of the wonderful things we get to do as believers is to give in many different ways. But I want to leave us with this last verse that is our prayer for you. Uh, Dave actually brought it out this morning. In Romans 15, 13, Now may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing that you may abound in hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Well, I just want to wish you all a Merry Christmas. We will have a Bible study on Wednesday night. Uh, 7 p.m. Uh, Pacific Standard Time here in California. Anyway, uh, we wish you Merry Christmas if we don't see you before then. Uh, and so let me just pray us out. Lord, we just thank you for your grace. We thank you that through the cross we can have a relationship with you. I thank you that through the cross we can get to know you, our personal Lord and Savior. Lord, I just I speak a blessing on everybody who's listening. I don't know what every need is met as it need as may be with those who are listening. Those who need to be healed, I speak healing in Jesus' name. Those who need provision, I speak provision in the name of Jesus. Or those who need wisdom, those who need guidance, I thank you, the Holy Spirit, that you are our guide. You are our helper. You are our teacher. You are our God. And I thank you, Holy Spirit. And I thank you that you are our, our counselor. We worship you. We magnify you. We thank you. But I, I, I speak your blessing on, on everyone who's in their shot. I, I pray for our country. I pray for the world in that matter. Lord, I know there's a lot of different things, a lot of things going on. A lot of evil and a lot of uh, I thank you for giving our our, our our present wisdom and guidance by your Holy Spirit in these in these difficult and challenging and and troubling times. We thank you, Lord, that you are on the throne and the government is upon your shoulders. We worship you. We magnify you, our King, and our God. Thank you. Bless us as we go. In the name of Jesus. Amen. God bless you guys. Merry Christmas. We'll see you on Wednesday night if you're available. Otherwise, we'll see you Sunday as we talk about knowing the Holy Spirit.